Hello listeners, welcome to this episode of the Elevated Life Wellness Podcast. Before we start today, I just want to send a shout out and a thank you to some of the key players uh, in helping me set the scene for being here and being ready to uh, open up in this podcast. So I just blessed myself up with some oils and goodies that I got the other day at this local store that you should check out on Instagram. It's called Copper Thimble. It's in Northern California in Mendocino County in Ukiah. And um, they've got like tons of really great like body products and um, candles and earrings and clothing and leather goods, lots of handmade leather goods, clothes, locally uh, sourced screen printing, and just like really good, awesome stuff. Um, Little baby moccasins, very, very cute baby clothes, t-shirts, very comfy, like different sort of styling and and, like unconventional cuts of sweatshirts and t-shirts and other screen printed stuff for ladies. Check them out. Copper Thimble. Check her out. My friend Coral. Okay, so here are some of the things that I got at her shop the other day. I got, and I just, mm, blessed myself up with this oil. The company is called Pavani, and it's a nourishing body oil for the Veda dosha. I know that I am ve- I, that I am a Veda of the Veda Pitta Kapha doshas. I am like dominantly Veda and also Kapha, but I'm in a place of wanting to take ideas and put them into action. So um, I'm feeling a lot of that like Veda imbalance with a lot of um, ideas coming up, and now it's just a matter of putting them into action. So just, excuse me, giving a little attention to the Veta Dosha through this delicious oil that I got at Copper Thimble. It's a base of almond oil and sesame seed oil. And then it has ashwagandha, shatavari, cinnamon, and a bunch of different essential oils that are all nice and warming and grounding for the airy Dosha of Veta. And then I also got this moisturizing body oil called Hello Gorgeous Biodegradable Gold Shimmer. And my face is like bling right now. And the company is called Verdant. You can find them on Instagram at verdant.california, V-E-R-D-A-N-T dot California. And the last company I was talking about, Pavani can be found on Instagram, P-A-A-V-A-N-I, Ayurveda, A-Y-U-R-V-E-D-A. And both of these can be found at Copper Thimble, Copper Thimble at Instagram. And then one other thing setting the stage tonight is this delicious ginger lime kombucha that I'm drinking by Boochcraft. Check them out on Instagram, Boochcraft, B-O-O-C-H-C-R-A-F-T. All right, on to the episode. 
Hello listeners, welcome to the Elevated Life Wellness Podcast. Okay, I'm here to talk to you today about how I survived an ankle break and healed from an ankle break with a daughter who was four months old at the time. You guys, it was crazy. It took over my whole life. It took over my family's whole life for like a solid two into three months um, in a very, very real way. So the one-year anniversary of it all just passed. The break happened on December 30th, and then the surgery happened on January 11th. So I know that those are two dates that I will never forget. They will never pass by in the calendar They'll never pass by a day in my life when I don't reflect back on those two life-changing days. So I'm just here to share with that today and just um, being here one year later and seeing how so many things in my life have changed since then. And... um, it was such a life-changing event and there were just there was just so many details involved in the breaking of my ankle um, and decisions around that that um, really I was able to align with my personal values and learn a lot about myself and um, yeah a lot of healing came in the process so I'm gonna start from the beginning it was a cold day in December, <laughs> in uh, the end of December, and I had just put my daughter down for a nap. She was in the swing in the living room, and then I had gone over by where there was this um, wall heater there, and it was just like the cozy spot to sit in the house, so I like to go there, and I was just kind of laying on the floor, and I was wanting to do some yoga, so I was looking at my iPad and just like going through these different uh, possibilities for yoga classes that I could do or like little YouTube videos that I could do and I had just found one so I was ready to get started on that it was like 10 o'clock in the morning and I was like you know I'm actually like pretty hungry before I start this yoga class I should make get something to eat and then I thought to myself yeah I haven't really drank much water yet today either and then I said to myself I'm feeling like pretty hot so okay let me take care of myself I need to get up and and like change my clothes and make something to eat and get something to drink and then I'm going to do this yoga class and then also at the same time I was like kind of excited I was in the middle of uh, vacation I'm a teacher, so we've got like two or three weeks of vacation at that time of year. And so I'm on vac- in the middle of vacation, and I still have another week off. And then when we go back to school, also that same week, it's my first class back teaching yoga after having my baby. So I've been out for like um, almost six months, like five months and I was ready to go back into teaching yoga. So just like feeling that shift in energy and then also feeling the shift in energy and just um, 
getting up, like, in that physical moment, getting up and getting something to eat and something to drink and cooling down. So I stood up, and I guess I stood up faster than my body was ready to. As I stood up, I got super dizzy, super lightheaded, and I fell back. I was standing in a hallway. That heater that I was standing by was in a hallway, and I just fell back onto the side of the wall. And my whole body weight just like slid down the wall and over to my right side. And in the process, I like um, my ankle just like curled in. So my foot kind of curled in and my my leg just like went sideways and I ended up breaking my ankle. I didn't know I had never broken a bone before. Um, it seemed like it was so easy for that to happen. Of course, I also had in the back of my mind while it was all going down that um, I and I was at the time postpartum. I was breastfeeding and um, knowing that there's a hormone relaxin going through women's bodies as they're pregnant and postpartum and breastfeeding this hormone relaxes and it softens the ligaments and it makes our bodies very vulnerable. It makes our bodies very powerful so that they can open up and do the job that is required of them during labor. But also um, it keeps all that stuff real loose and kind of soft and um, not as stable as it would be otherwise. Um, so that was just like something that I knew about my body like oh fuck like um wow this is an extreme case of hearing about like relaxing going through your body like things are just like soft but it was so painful I will never forget laying on the floor after it happened like I couldn't even move I, um, my partner at the time was there and I was talking to him and, and asking him to help me like move and get comfortable. And the only other time that has happened is when I was like in labor, um, or one time when I fainted while I was pregnant where I just like, I couldn't move my body on my own. I needed to seek assistance, like, please help my leg or please help whatever do this please help me lay down on my back and elevate my leg because I just couldn't, I couldn't lift it. There was no strength there. It was just like my adrenaline was just starting to kick in. And all I could think about was, um, okay, my daughter's sleeping over there. She's in the swing. Like she'll be waking up from her nap in what, like a half an hour, 45 minutes. Um, I was just planning on doing this yoga class. Like, what? Everything changed. Like, um, should I call the ambulance? Like, I'm in serious pain. What do I do? Um, like, just all these thoughts racing through my head. Like, everything moving so fast. What do I do? It was crazy. So, I also didn't have great health insurance at the time. And I knew that, um, I didn't know anything. I was just scared. Like I was scared to go to the emergency room. 
So I ended up like um, doing all these home remedies, like all these herbs on my ankles, icing it, elevating it. I did all these like herbal home remedies and um, homeopathic like oral tablets for pain for a week. And um, I still couldn't walk on it. I, I had bought a, a boot, like a, a, one of those walking boots on Amazon to try and walk through that and I couldn't I just I couldn't step I couldn't put any weight on my foot and after a week I mean now I know that you can probably tell sooner if you can't put any weight on your foot to seek medical assistance but I was just in major denial and major like openness to healing and miracles um, but after a week I realized that I needed some assistance in that so I took a trip to the ER it was kind of nerve-wracking I was so my daughter was four months old she was four and a half months old at the time and um, just my partner and I were concerned about her we didn't want to bring her into the hospital so it was just kind of a big deal just getting to the hospital and uh, getting into the emergency room but it actually was a very smooth visit it all worked out really well and um, it didn't take very long for the doctor to come back and tell me that I was going to need surgery and he explained that with the two types of fractures that I had on my ankle the tibia and the fibula that um, it's, it's best to either do surgery immediately right away or to wait a couple of weeks. So he scheduled me for surgery for almost a week out. So I'd kind of missed my window by waiting a week to go to the emergency room. Now I would totally go to the emergency room sooner. Um, so yeah, then it was just a week of kind of waiting it out and figuring out how my family was going to get through the next few days. Like, I was supposed to be going back to work. I was planning on taking my daughter to work with me as I had before the school vacation, before the school break when I was working, um, but also kind of starting to look into childcare for her because it's not easy to take a baby to work, a three- to four-month-old baby to work. It's not easy. It's hard. You don't get a lot of work done. Um, so to me, the only solution, the best solution possible was to have my mom come out. My mom lives in New York. That's 3,000 miles away. Um, but she was ready to hop on a plane immediately and I couldn't walk. I was getting piggybacked into bed and piggybacked into the bathroom. And, um, well, once I went to the hospital, the doctor the doctors there gave me a pair of crutches and put me in a really good, um, like a splint with the ACE bandage wrapped around it so I was kind of protected and they gave me some good ice packs. So that was very, very helpful. Um, <laughs> but before that, yes, I was getting piggybacked around and getting everything done from getting weighted on hand and foot. Plus there was also a four month baby in the picture. So it was a lot. So. Yes, to me the the best solution was to have my mom come come and visit. So she came 
right away. And yes, that's, I don't need, I'm not going to say much more about that, though. My mom came and stayed with me for two, I think it was two and a half months, but it might have just been two, but it might have been three. It was a lot. It was great. She was very supportive. She um, took my daughter on walks every day and waited on me as much as I needed, and um, she was great. And it's also having another adult's full energy in the house, with a, in a small house, with a family who's kind of like just trying to get on their feet with a new baby, and it was a lot. Um, okay, so my mom came like the day before surgery. So the morning of surgery, I was fasting, and as surgery was approaching, one thing that, one thing, and really the only thing that I was really nervous about, I had full tr trust and faith that everything was going to work out fine, and that I was getting the proper care that I needed, and everything just felt right. Um, but I was nursing my daughter at the time; she was four and a half months old, and I didn't want to mess with that. It was going really well, and it was important to me to keep that nursing relationship uh, vibrant and continual. So, oh man, I, I was so happy and just elated when I just put the word out to my friends. I started like looking around for milk for friends that had some extra milk in the freezer, and I found a friend who had um, like a week supply of milk that she was able to donate to me. So I was very, very grateful for that. And my worries melted away and disappeared. Um, so my mom was here to help and we had milk because during the surgery I was getting anesthesia and it was going to be in my system for at least 24 hours. And then there's painkillers afterwards. I had no idea what the pain was going to be like. I had never broken a bone before or had surgery before, I mean, I knew what the pain of that broken bone or those two broken bones around my ankle were, uh, and they were crazy, but I didn't take anything for the pain between the time of my ER visit and my surgery, which was almost a week. I didn't take anything for the pain um, because I wanted to preserve that breastfeeding relationship. Um, so that worked out good. I felt like I could handle the pain. Having my daughter there provided me with some strength to move through that. So, boom. So, surgery day, I had to fast in the morning. My mom stayed home with my daughter, and then my partner at the time came with me to the hospital, and we got all checked in, and, uh, I... Um, actually got great care at the hospital. There was an aromatherapy slash massage person who came and gave me some attention for a few minutes. My nurses were great. Um, they knew that I was more like earthy and less pharmaceutical, so they really um, were attentive to that. Surgery happened. One of my um, surgery nurses was like very, very nine months pregnant, so it was kind of just fun to have that like hominess that was kind of the world I was coming from so that was sweet 
came out of surgery. Um, that just took a little while. I remember being very nauseous and <laughs> there was just one nurse that I wasn't fond about. Like she really was pushing for me to take some um, pharmaceutical anti-nausea medication and I just wasn't really feeling it. Um, and then she ended up bringing me um, this like pen thing that you twisted and it produced like a, a minty menthol sort of scent that actually really with ginger in it too I think that actually really helped my nausea so I was grateful that they had like essential oils as a healing tool at the hospital after surgery super grateful for that and, um, yeah, that night I went home and I decided not to get any of the painkillers. I had some Tylenol. I had some soup. I was just trying to keep that down. And I was smoking some herbs, smoking some ganja for the pain to help me get into sleep mode. I didn't nurse my daughter that night but I did sleep with her. It was very, very hard with a four, month, four and a half month old who her whole life has been like nursing to go to sleep and nursing throughout the night. I have to say no, couldn't do it. Um, but then the next morning came and I was, of course, like it was very hard to find information on anesthesia and surgery and feeding a baby. Like there wasn't a whole lot of information out there. Um, but it had been not it had been not 24 hours since I'd had the surgery. It had been maybe like 20 hours or maybe like 18 hours since I had come out of surgery. And she, my daughter was just going nuts. She wanted mama bad. She was miserable, and I had put her off and put her off and put her off. And finally, I just made the decision, like, I um, truly believe that the best thing for her was to give her a little bit of mama's milk and give her that comfort, and whatever was flushing its way through my system, I'm sure I drank a bunch of water beforehand and just, like, gave it a little bit of extra time with some intention of clearing out my system. Um, but yeah, I decided that ultimately giving her that comfort of her mama and we were so close to the end of the 24 hour like afterlife period of the anesthesia that I decided to go for that. So I did that and I felt good about it. Um, and then I also still had a freezer full of milk. She wasn't really taking to the bottle that well. When my friend's milk came into the freezer, I had had some milk in there that I had uh, produced and frozen a couple of months prior to that. Um, so I just had my mom like mix them all up. I didn't want to like give her all of my milk and then be like surprised now you're only getting this other lady's milk um or like give her all this other lady's milk and be hoarding my milk and just sitting there in the fridge getting old so I was like let's just mix it up and give her what we give her I found out several months afterwards that um 
possibly one of the reasons my daughter wasn't into the bottle after she had um, prior to that been into the bottle when it exclusively had my milk in there she had been into the bottle Um, but this time she wasn't into it and I found out that um, the other mama who donated her milk to me had her milk had um, I can't think of the word right now lactase I'm not sure on that but it had um, this thing where unless it was like brought to a certain temperature that it had like this soapy quality to it when the babies would drink it so I'm wondering if um, this other mama's milk that we were giving to my daughter in a bottle had this soapy quality to it, which made it like not really yummy to drink because I'm sure the milk was super yummy to that mama's baby, but once it got frozen and then like reheated, there was something about it that it just um, didn't retain the same yumminess. So anyway, yes. It was very important to me to keep our nursing relationship going. So that worked out really well in the end with some anxiety (laughs) on the forefront, but it all ended up working well. If you're ever having to go through anything like that, please just keep your uh, options open. Um, Nobody really thinks like, oh, I'll just use somebody else's milk for my baby but it actually was the best option I tried to pump on my own when I knew surgery was a week away and I produced like drops and it was very discouraging but rather than get caught up in that uh, discouragement loop I decided to just keep my options open and I ended up finding the mama who could support me with that and it was awesome so we got back to nursing and it was always nice to be able to have my daughter my mom would bring my baby into me and we would just rest together and my mom would go do her thing so it was always kind of a nice little break um, to have my little baby with me snuggling in bed for a little while because I was stuck in bed I had crutches I could like go to the bathroom and walk around the house a little bit but I couldn't carry my daughter Um, I couldn't carry her from like December 30th until I think my doctor's appointment was February 28th. So it was two full months when I got home from that doctor's appointment. He's like, yeah, play around with, uh, walking on that foot. And so I did, and I saw that I could walk and I put her in the carrier right away and walked around with her. It was the best thing, but I'll get to that part later. I just told you the end of the story. That's just one shining moment in the story. So um, just back to, yeah, having my mom there, like my partner at the time, he was not going to be the kind of person who was going to easily and joyfully um, take time to be bringing me ice and making me food throughout the day and night because I was requiring that. And also, like, fully taking care of my daughter. That is just not the kind of person that he was. So my mom was really good at that. My mom's, like, a nurse at heart. So it was kind of the perfect job for her. And she did it in her own motherly way, which is, like, 150%, which was great at sometimes and difficult at sometimes, but um, overall amazing. So 
for that, for my recovery from surgery, which I had about almost two weeks, like 12 days after the actual break of my bones, my tibia and fibula, um, elevation and ice. I took a little bit of Tylenol, like while I had, um, I think they gave me samples at the hospital and then I took those and then when they were done, I was kind of done with that. I took homeopathic remedies, um, little homeopathic tablets for pain and for bone healing. Um, for like three or four weeks, I took those and that felt like the right thing to do for me. Finally, I had a doctor's appointment after a month um, where I went in and he took, um, the whole time I was just wrapped up in ACE bandages and then in a, um, a boot, like this surgical boot with Velcro around it and it had, it had like a bottom of the foot that you could stand on, but I couldn't put any weight on mine. So at that appointment, he took off everything and just looked at, checked it all out, took out some of the stitches and started showing me some ankle exercises that I could do, making the alphabet with my ankle, um, like pointing my toes in the shape of the shapes of the letters of the alphabet. And that's what I did for the next month. Just trying to get my flexibility back, not putting any weight on that foot at all. Um, so my mom was taking my daughter for a walk every day, like an hour, hour and a half long walk in the middle of the day. So that was like my alone time, which I'm a person who I like to have my alone time. Um, so that was a time when I would just like work on puzzles and write in my journal and do some exercise. I tried to do exercise and which was mostly yoga and stretching and keeping my flexibility up and um, just like mainly trying to reverse compression because I was just sitting there with my leg elevated, kind of sitting in one spot for hours and hours. <laughs> A lot of time during, during the day when I was sleeping, I could really just be in one position. I wasn't like rolling onto my side or anything like that or rolling onto my belly because my um, leg was just elevated the whole time. So exercise was a challenge and I was also like I'm not a person who's prone to depression but I can totally see how it would be very easy to go to that place when you're in recovery from a surgery and you can't really do much you can't go anywhere by yourself you're totally dependent upon other people and you're just kind of How homebound it was icy and cold outside and I was totally homebound independent and it was very challenging so uh, my heart goes out to anyone else going through that situation because it's not easy for sure um, and then after two months after my surgery actually two months after the break so two months minus a couple weeks after the surgery, um, the doctor told me that I can start putting some pressure on my foot, and so I did. And then that was the day that I ended up walking with Cora for the first time, walking with my daughter for the first time in over two months, 
and it was amazing. It was, um, it was a comeback moment for sure, for sure, for sure. So it started by just taking the boot off and walking with assistance from my crutches, putting a little bit of pressure on my right leg, my right ankle. It was like walking all over again, learning how to walk, learning how to spread the bones of my foot. I was so grateful for learning even the tiniest bit about feet that I've learned from yoga and being a yoga teacher and yoga teacher training. I'm so grateful for knowing a little bit about my foot and knowing about um, keeping the toes spread and the foot activated to really like take advantage of all and as many of the muscles and bones in my foot as possible. Um, but it was learning to walk again. It, my leg had a whole different flexibility. My two legs were very, very different. My two feet were very, very different, but I was walking with the support of my crutches. And so as soon as I could, I grabbed a hold of my ergo baby carrier and put my daughter on my back and used my crutches to start walking. I was able to walk a lap from my living room around into my kitchen and then back into the living room and around. And I just started walking laps and it was slow and it was clunky, but I had my baby on my back. And she was feeling the positive energy from me. And I was just so elevated walking around my house that day, holding my daughter and feeling like a glimpse of freedom once again. Like I'm the kind of mom that me and my daughter, like we would have our special days. We would go in town. We would go to yoga. We would um, go to the baby shop and hang out and have our baby group and um, go to the health food store and just like, ugh. we were active. We were out in the community. We were doing things. We were connecting with people. And then that just sort of stopped. <sighs> of course, I have a great group of friends who supported me with kind words and cards and meals and um, all that stuff is amazing. But having to be cut off from the world like very very fast was hard so I was so grateful to be walking again and then the next thing I was determined to do was to start driving again I knew at that time I did not have the flexibility in my foot in my ankle to be um, driving my car that's a manual transmission with a clutch at that time yet so uh, that gave me some definite determination I started like really exercising my ankle and at that point I could go to physical therapy I was going to physical therapy twice a week I had a great woman that I was working with who she had broken her ankle maybe like 10 years prior to that so she knew what I was going through and she taught me some great exercises gave me some tools and and uh, tips to do at home and after a few weeks I felt ready to try it out, and I went for a drive. It was awesome. I was ready. It was still clunky. Um, the nuances of, like, lifting the toes and flexing the ankle weren't quite there yet. It was a lot of action coming from my hip as I was stepping on the different pedals, but I was confident enough 
in uh, my stopping, my breaking time and my just like willingness to be out there and be safe on the road that yay finally I was able to drive and that felt like it gave me so much freedom so at that point I was thinking okay it's time to find my mom a plane ticket home she missed her a big wedding anniversary while she was out with me and uh, I was ready to get back to normal family life and so being so grateful for my mom being there supporting me we were able to put her on a plane and send her back to New York and uh, move on with life. So that's sort of the end of that story of how I survived and healed from my ankle break. A lot of the healing came from eating really healthy throughout the whole time. I was super nervous and that just sounds weird saying I was super nervous about gaining weight, but I was um, conscious and aware that my energy, the energy that I was putting out in my body was going to be changing a lot. And I was, like I say, still nursing and still like eating a lot of extra calories. So I'm just not sure how that was going to turn out, but I ended up being active in a way still and continuing to eat really healthy taking lots of extra minerals and vitamins to support bone growth and bone health and my, my uh, homeopathic remedies, lots of massage, lots of like getting into the little nooks and crannies around my ankle and my foot. Um, I got really into um, to minimalist shoes, um, shoes that have very minimal padding, are extremely flexible, have a wide toe base, very into minimal shoes. Check out on Instagram, correct toes, um, or Vivo Barefoot is another one that's the name of the brand of the shoes that I ended up buying, and if I had a million dollars in the bank, I'd be buying way more of their shoes, but I don't have that yet. One day I will. And I'll, I'll buy my second and third and fourth pairs of Vivo Barefoot shoes. But they're awesome. Check them out. Um, and so here I am one year later. And so the interesting part of me in recovery is that I'll, I'll have, like, different zones that fire up at different times. Like, it'll be a week or two where I'm just like feeling a, a different kind of energy in my foot, maybe a stretching or a pulling or a tension or a strengthening in some different place on my foot or my leg. Like it just, it's all, it's not restricted to the ankle. It's the foot, the leg, it's like everywhere, the kit, the shin, the calf, um, just like the flexibility I'm feeling in the ankle and the back of my toes around my Achilles tendon. It's like all of that area has been affected by these two bones that I broke. Um, so yeah, over time, it's like in two-week in increments, I'll feel different things. So even now, it's been a year and a month after surgery. And today, my calves are super-duper tender. Um, that's something that also started up right after I had my daughter. My Achilles tendons and my calves were really, really tight. Um, so I do a lot of extra exercises and yoga for the for the tight backs of the legs and backs of the ankles. So keeping up that 
flexibility training, keeping up the strength training, like doing a lot of like standing on steps and keeping my ball of the foot on the step and then raising and lowering with my body weight, just like working that whole back of the leg and ankle is such a nice little exercise to do. Um, and the healing continues. The healing has happened immensely. My flexibility is like so amazing compared to how it was, but it's still not 100%. It often feels like it's 90% and then it heals more. It's like, oh yeah, now this is actually 90%. And then it heals a little bit more. It's like, oh yeah, this is actually 90%. You forget how much you can do, but I'm always comparing my right side to my left side and just seeing what my left side can do and using that to push my right side along a little bit more in the healing process. Wow, that was such a journey. Surviving and healing from an ankle break with a four-month-old daughter. She was six months old by the time it all ended. She was starting to eat solid food. She was sitting up. She went from being like a little floppy baby who was just rolling over to a sitting up baby who was like pre-crawling and um, whole life changing, eating food, sitting up in carts and in uh, shopping carts, just like a whole new thing. So, wow, what a transition in my daughter's life. What a transition in my life, my family's life. So grateful for all the support I had through that, all the healing that came and all the healing to come. Thank you so much for listening to my story. The light in me honors the light in you. Namaste. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I want to just thank once again, um, shout out to on Instagram, Copper Thimble, sweet little shop in Northern California, Copper Thimble. Also Verdant on Instagram, Verdant California, V-E-R-D-A-N-T dot California for a beautiful gold shimmer moisturizing body oil. Also Pavani. Vata Nourishing Body Oil, delicious, bless your body up, love yourself, give yourself a a beautiful Ayurvedic treatment. Check them out on Instagram, Pavani Ayurveda, P-A-A-V-A-N-A, excuse me, P-A-A-V-A-N-I-A-Y-U-R-V-E-D-A on Instagram. Also, uh... Boochcraft, B-O-O-C-H-C-R-A-F-T for their delicious high alcohol kombucha. And I forgot to mention before, my beautiful, I love my Legion of Bloom vape pen with this great, I've got a sativa cartridge here on my Bloom vape pen. I love it. It's delicious. Um, It's the medicine that this mama needs today and uh, most days. Thank you so much for listening. Peace.